Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 139 of Art Juice. This is honest, generous, and humorous conversations that will feed your creative soul and get you thinking with me, Alice Sheridan. And me, Louise Fletcher. And we are going to have a nicely positive upbeat conversation for you today both of us are in good moods and we know that is catching we're also going to talk about a really important idea I think for both of us but that one that isn't always easy to do about following your own way and discovering a way that is right for you but before we get to that first of all what have you been working on this week oh my god <laughs> vanishing <laughs> packing um I had a sale of paintings which we're going to talk about in the main topic and but I sold a lot more than I expected and my policy has usually been to to seal and finish the paintings as they sell because I like to reuse the frames if I if I don't they don't sell so then they all sold and then I needed to do all that (laughs) and mercifully this yesterday I had my work experience student here so she did a fantastic job she painted almost all the edges of almost all the paintings but it's been a week of going madly seeking packing materials which Mm. is not easy in this day and age Um, so all my store of packing materials isn't enough and uh, sadly seeking frames in vain Um, Mm. now luckily I knew that so I marketed these paintings as unframed but then I very much hope to be able to surprise people by finding frames and sending them in frames. And that the, the last supplier that I had finally found someone and made my order just phoned me this morning to say, oh, we're so sorry, but the molding is not coming today as expected. And now it'll be three weeks and we don't even know if it'll be three weeks. And it's not their fault. It's just Mm-mm. the way it is these days. So um, that little surprise didn't happen, but it's just been... Uh, a week of slight panic but I think I'm getting better at not getting overwhelmed and just making a list and thinking I I immediately wrote to everyone and and gave them a shipping date in a week and a half so it gave me time some time yeah and everybody was okay about that and and a few people actually said actually could you keep it longer Um, because I'm going to be away or whatever and so it's taken some of the pressure off and now it's just that that vanishing um see painting the edges finding frames finding cardboard which I found thanks to your recommendation and I think I'm on track now so that's been my week and it will be the rest of the week (laughs) it's good to build in buffers for things like this it's easy much easier said than done but I think that's a really good thing about sometimes we put ourselves under pressure to do things because we anticipate or we expect that other people are jumping up and down for it and actually when you reach out and say actually it's going to be a bit longer they're like that's fine it's okay that's not a problem for me yes and I've done it myself when people Mm. have asked me you know it happened recently I bought a painting and the artist said I'm going away for two weeks would it be okay if I send it when I come back yeah it'll be a nice surprise in two weeks because I'll have forgotten yeah Yeah. so and but it's a good point that I think I wouldn't have had the confidence to do that a few years ago. I think yeah. a few years ago, I'd have jumped through hoops trying to get them all out instantly and stayed up all night or whatever, trying to do everything. And, and yeah, you realise that you just have to set your own boundaries about what's, what your subject of last week or the week before capacity. What yeah. do I have the capacity to, to do comfortably? And so that they're finished really beautifully. So it's not a rush. Yeah. I want everything to be as good as possible. Yeah. So anyway, it's a bit of a a dull week in terms of what I've been up to. It's not the most exciting things, but yours is more exciting because I saw some of what you've been up to. So tell us about that. I've had um, I've had uh, an up and down week in the studio, which we're going to talk about a little bit next week. So we're going to hold off on that. But for a while, since I finished this group of work, I feel like I've been sort of grabbing for things a bit in the mud and nothing's quite been settling and it's frustrating and um, I did a story where I kind of shared that and then then I've also had some moments where I've had these real sparks of things that feel different always kind of looking for that so 
it's been a bit up and down in the studio. It's also been quite a busy sort of work behind the scenes week. We've had over 400 people go through Time to Shine. So it has been, it has been glorious. I have to say it has, it has not exceeded my expectations because we've done this before and I and I know that this is a really interesting journey but it has taken quite a lot of time in catching up and keeping up with everybody's comments but to read those and see the changes that are happening for people is just fantastic and I have been doing very much my own version of that which we're going to come to in in what's inspired so it's been quite a, a busy week alongside that studio time and then yesterday I had a visit to go down to a um, gallery who reached out to me and um, invited me to offer some space for next year it's not a solo show it's not that kind of gallery it's um, a group mix gallery but they're giving me one one of the rooms the entrance room with just my work so it feels very manageable it's a nice t- time frame it's not 25 you know it's not a huge amount of paintings I've got to get ready so and I love it and it's it's always interesting isn't it when you see these things online I always like to go and see them in person and um as soon as I pulled up outside I thought oh yeah this feels good and that that feeling when you have the oh yeah this is this is right and it's like yeah. so yeah sign and the contract it's done it's exciting because it's at the same time as mine almost yours is just a month before mine so we'll be both getting ready for something uh similar like mine isn't solo in the sense there are ceramicists in the show as yep. well as me yeah but it's a nice space and yeah I'm excited about it and I like the idea that we're both doing getting ready for this together and yours is before mine so it's but, nice it it feels nice because I like having things in the diary to work towards I, I know yeah. that about myself I like that and this feels a different kind of chat and also they're not tying me to anything you know I can still work the way I want to work and make selections and curate and show them what I've got and we can choose together what gets hung yeah. you know so and it's a nice long time period it's six weeks so I said to her I said we have our open studios right at the end so there's a chance that I might and she said well you know if there's anything to collect and I was like oh that's nicely optimistic <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I I I actually won't be able to do our open studios because it's during mine right Uh, so I haven't even I haven't even entered this year because it's at the time when my work will all be there and um I've told I've talked before about our open studios it it it's very hard to get in and people often get rejected who've been in it for years and suddenly they're rejected. So it's always nerve wracking. But when I told them, Oh, I can't cause I'm doing an exhibition. They said, Oh, that's interesting. Which gallery I told them, Oh, she's one of the curators this year. So this is the one year I would have been pretty much guaranteed that I would have <laughs> been accepted and I can't apply. But um, yeah, anyway, exciting. Yeah. I saw the gallery on Instagram and it looks it looks really nice and that room if that's the room you showed when you showed inside the, the room that you're going to be in is that main room it looks great that's the that's the room further into the gallery so I'm going to be in the main entrance foyer be right room. where people first walk in so you can you get a nice view for, so it's going to work well for some big pieces and yeah. space with small so yeah that's exciting Excellent. and that was just one of those things that that came out of the blue out of yeah. the blue I did say to her I said um how did you find me and she said we've been watching on Instagram for a while yeah That's yes exactly it is isn't it and this yeah. is when people say oh it's not working for me it's not working for me this lady that from the gallery I'm going to I don't know her she found me somehow I don't know where but they find you yeah so keep going on Instagram everyone even yeah. though we said last week social media is not your business it also is partly your business it's not your whole business well it's just the general approach I think if keep going hold the faith get in sharing keep visible yeah invisible we're going to talk a little bit more then with Louise we're going to just take this time to dig in to the build-up to these paintings now Anybody who's been listening for a while knows that there has been a, this has been a really long process. So this has been the result of two years worth of work 
around a particular subject matter. But I know that, you know, two years is a long time. So your thoughts over this, what the project looked like has developed and changed quite a lot. But for many of us, you know, on Instagram, working in our own houses, this idea of how do I make work that I like? How do I sell it at the end? This is what we spend quite a lot of our time dealing with. And I'm very much of a believer that there isn't a, you know, one solution fits all, but there are things that you can do that help. So that's what we're going to be talking about. This is not a solution necessarily for everybody, but I am pretty sure that there are going to be absolute nuggets in here that you can take, think, oh, I could do a little bit more of that or turn to be something that you could use. So Tell us a little bit more um, about at the beginning of this project. Did you have any idea of what the end result was going to be? Not the result. Yeah. But when the idea first came to me, thank you, Gwyn Penny, who's been on the show, because we were having a chat, which was broadcast on the show, and she was talking about a book she made. And I had this sudden idea. That's what I could do with my Ted Hughes mm-hmm. paintings that I'm working on. When I had that idea, it came in a flash and we've talked about this together, but I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the podcast that my ideas, my good ideas really do come almost like a package. When I had my idea for my courses, it came with everything, like a little bundle that just drops into my head and I've got everything I need, but they're rare. Like it's very rare, but when it happens, it's magic. And with this book, The idea that dropped into my head was I should publish the paintings as a book. I should not bother with an exhibition. This should be the exhibition. So the book is the project. And then I should sell the paintings kind of as a byproduct of the project at the end. And then I should make prints. And so with that in mind, I I got the the paintings professionally photographed and prepared for prints, et cetera, right from the beginning, all that was intended. But then what happened is that as I mentioned it to people, the reaction was generally, oh, but they really need an exhibition or Mm. don't you want people to see them in person and touch them or, oh, it'd be lovely to see them in a gallery. And a, a little bit my lack of confidence and a little bit of personality trait of mine to see all sides of every issue. I started to think, oh yeah, you know, that would be good. And that would be good. And, and this is the point where it changed for me from um, an inspired idea to a bit of a slog. Yeah. Then I'm thinking and I'm not good at thinking that always bogs me down. So then I'm thinking, where do I find someone? Who do I do it? And, and a few opportunities came up and then went. So there was a gallery that expressed interest and then at some point stopped responding. Mm-hmm. And that felt like I was pushing it. So I just stopped there was the Ted Hughes's old house, but they mm-hmm. decided they weren't going to fully reopen after COVID and they weren't go- They didn't want that many visitors. So, okay. They said no. And when that happened, I kind of went back to my original plan. Yeah. But I went back to my original plan with complete lack of confidence now in it. Like, Oh, I should have exhibited these. That should have been it. And we'll talk. No, about so it. it had lost that initial kind of fire. I got my doubts now. I, I, didn't, right. I didn't believe in it in the same way because people I respect had expressed doubts. Mm. And looking back on it, I see that my best ideas usually are quite different and they're, they're original to me. So, of course, some people express doubt because they've never heard of anyone doing this before and therefore it seems odd. And it's so, and I've got to remember going forward that that's okay when people look at me funny and say, hmm, are you sure? If I feel, if I feel it's okay. Um, But that's why I was still excited to show the paintings, but I fully expected to put them up for sale and for a couple to trickle out and no more because that original energy of the idea, I'd become come to doubt, I suppose. And what actually happened is that um, I, I thought on Friday night when I was making dinner, I think I'll just send an email about those paintings now. They were all uploaded and ready to go, but I was going to wait. And then I thought, no, I'm going to do it now. <laughs> and I sent out an email and then I made dinner and we had dinner. I cleared up. I looked and there was like 10 paintings had gone or something. 
And I was really surprised. And then the next morning, 18 had gone. And then by that evening, Saturday evening, they were sold out. Wow. And it was it was really exciting. And I'm really proud of it. And I'm really going to try and remember the next time I have one of these ideas, which might be three years from now. <laughs> but if it's different, that it's okay to do it my way and to trust in my idea um because now I've got people saying can I ever print because I wanted that one but it's gone can I buy the print and that's my next step that was my always my plan so the answer to your question the long answer is yes I had a vision for it and then I went completely off track and then I brought it back and if you've been listening to the podcast from the beginning you know that because I've said all these things out loud along the way and I, I thought it'd make a great topic for today because I think writing a book is not for most people the answer yeah. for how yeah. they should market their art and I don't think it is but there's perhaps something that you would like to do or an idea that you have that's different from getting a white box gallery to show your work and sell it for you uh, mm -hmm. or you know, the traditional applying for shows and going to art fairs, you might have an idea and it's something different and it, and it's okay. It's actually more than okay. It's probably the thing you should be doing. So, and, and the other thing is the book has been amazingly successful. And I, and um, I said to Alice before we started this, this is homework for me. Uh, from my life coach my because I'm terrible at celebrating my own success I go straight to the next thing and I also tend to put it down and think dark thoughts about things that could go wrong so if I sound boasty I'm practicing boasting <laughs> but I really am trying hard the book has been successful the people who've received it have loved it the publishers reprinting um because they don't have enough copies and um so hopefully if you need one if you want one you don't need one if you want one you have to go to the publisher now which is bird eye books you can find it on their website because i think i think amazon in the uk have it but around the world you can't buy it anymore except from the publisher until it's reprinted but the more than anything the reception to the book and the paintings is exactly what i wanted which is a connection um I've said before sales are not really sales are a lovely validation but the connection the fact that the paintings connected with people the book connected with people that's the part that's really exciting to me and that I want more of now like I want to do more of this um so it's been an utterly fantastic week really and I just have to I just have to remember that and celebrate and smile once in a while I think it is hugely worthy of celebration because I think the thing that strikes me from this is this sense of holding your faith for a long period of time with something. And I think so often we're looking for immediate response. We want results pretty quickly. And I've always felt that, you know, make it, make it, making art becoming a better artist is a long time scale project like there is no doubt about this and right from the very beginning you knew that this was going to be a long project and I think that that takes a huge amount of um hmm I was gonna say confidence but I don't think it's confidence and it's not even what you tell me was it trust in your ability to do it or was it just a little bit because yeah I know I'm looking at your face I'm, I'm yeah. not even sure that you had that trust at the beginning so the question comes here is okay if we're saying yeah go your own way yeah but you don't know what that looks like yet for you there was something at the beginning of this project that felt so strong that you couldn't not do it and we've also talked before we started about how you can't necessarily go looking for that no yeah I think the thing that felt so strong was the recognition that oh 
and I think we even had this discussion on the podcast at the time, the recognition that, oh, this is what I should have been doing because it makes so much sense and everyone will have their own thing that makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. I was just listening to another podcast, um, the left brain artist with Robin Olson as the guest who we both know. And she is, her art now is based on quilting. She used to be interested in quilting. Maybe she still is, but she makes abstract paintings that are based on quilting. And probably when she had that idea, it probably made so much sense. Like all my years of quilting and now this, it all fits. Well, this was my years of love of these poems and the role they've played in my life. And the fact I live really in the next Valley and, all of that, it just completely made sense to me. And it was mentally challenging enough to yeah. feel like it was worth spending time on. I suppose yeah. that's it. We've talked about having an idea that it just felt fun, even if I didn't think I could do it, which I didn't at the beginning. It felt worth trying and like it would be a good fun project. And this is one of the, the lessons I noted in my notes when I was thinking about this for people. And it goes back to what I teach in my course, but noticing what feels fun and exciting and not easy as in easy to do, but natural, like it feels like it flows out of you versus what feels like pushing a rock up a hill, which is what it felt like when I started to try and find an exhibition space that felt like hard work yeah, and like I wasn't having fun anymore. And I, and whereas the the all the first part felt fun and exciting so I really think it's to do with tuning into intuition and knowing and I couldn't know that for the first six years that I was working on my painting it was only when the I when I was ready that I came to the realization of what I should be doing I agree with you wholeheartedly I think it's a can be. I like it when you say that. (laughs) I I think it can be um, very difficult, though, when, like like I just said, when you feel you don't have that and we're impatient. Yes. Yes. So I suppose my question is, how do we do this for ourselves? Like this has been a big thing, like capital B big. This is like a big project. Mm. I'm not going to say like life project because like there's a lot of life still to go yet. And this is the first part of whatever is going to come next that we don't know. Like that's the fun part about it. But without a doubt, this has been a big project, capital B. Some of us maybe don't have the capacity for that or don't, haven't got that thing yet like we're waiting for it or we're still following the the clue trail or you know looking for those treasure hunt clues I call them you know what she where should you be going next because it's like one thing takes you to the next thing takes you to the next thing and then yeah suddenly you get these moments but what would you say though for for people who are maybe yeah yeah we all want this 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 sounds great love it love it love it do it but whatever the thing is going to be for you big Mm. thing does it have to be that big? How do you learn though? Or how have you learned to tune into that for you? And do you find that when you do it on a smaller scale and say yes to things and it's okay to things on a smaller scale, it makes it easier to follow something like this that's a big thing that has required a degree of trust and following the process? I think it does. And I'm thinking about my current situation because we talked a couple of weeks ago about how I've gone off on another direction now. And I now feel like I'm again fumbling around blindly. So this clarity is gone for now. And now I'm back in. And what what I what you guided me back to do, which I I guide other people to do, is to carry on that path, even when you don't know why you're doing it. Mm. Because I believe that at some point, if I keep, as you said, the little things, if I keep following the little yeses, they're leading me somewhere to another idea. But I think what we tend to do or what I observe people doing 
certainly I fall into the trap sometimes and I see people on my courses doing is we go, oh, I, I absolutely love doing that thing, but I'm focusing on this over here. I'm, I'm at the moment, I'm working mm-hmm. on abstract landscapes. I really love it when I do these graffiti like urban paintings, but I'm doing abstract landscapes and you go, yeah. why are you doing abstract landscapes yeah. if that's what you love? Oh, because people want abstract landscapes is usually yeah. at the bottom what the answer yes. is. Yeah. And um, that's it for me at the moment. It's, well, I'm making these big textured paintings that make no sense to me and I don't see how they fit in. I should, I should shoehorn them back into something manageable. But this has taught me, no, I should just keep, fo- it's almost blindly following the things that you're really loving until something dawns and sometimes I think though you follow them and then they go down a dead end we've talked about dead ends before and then you have to think okay well I thought that was going to be a good idea but for now it's a dead end maybe in the future so how do you do it though I don't know I've got much better in recent years in doing it in my life and that's fed into my art but I'm not perfect in my life I still ignore my intuition my intuition says something and I go, well, that, well, no, I'm not doing that. Um, but I think it's learning to listen. And some people are more tuned into that than others by personality, by background, by personal history. Sometimes we've suppressed those voices. Often people will say to me in my course, I don't know what I want. You keep asking me what I want. I have no idea what I like because I've never thought about it. And I think when you have that gap, when you have that void in what what do you want, because you're not clear or or when you're in these stages where you're not clear about what you want, because you don't know what the end result is, what the outcome is going to be. I mean, I always think, well, if you know what the outcome is going to be, what's the point in doing it? Because you're not creating anything new then, are you? You know, you might exactly. as well, you're just turning up and going through the motions. So accepting that there is going to be this um, uh, quite strong <laughs> gap in what your vision is for something, it, that's when it's easy for other people's ideas to come niggling in. Yes. Um, and that's that's, that's where you got thrown off a little bit yeah. when you started to take on board other people's ideas. So it's 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 tough to practice this stuff. This isn't this is not easy, but I think it's always, always worth doing, isn't it? And I was having a conversation this morning with somebody in a in a totally other group, and she had this phrase about um what did she call it? being responsibly selfish and I was like oh absolutely love that and I think it was our second ever podcast episode wasn't it is making art selfish yeah yeah and that's actually what we're talking about here is having that ability to follow your own direction even even if you don't know that there's going to be a reward at the end of it I think that's it and then so at the moment, I'm in no man's land. I'm, I'm going along, but I'm having fun. So I'm yeah. going to keep going, keep feeling, having the fun. When it gets tight and controlled, notice, go back to what feels yeah. good and trust that at some point it will become clear what's going on or I will find my way and an idea will come and it might not be. I mean, I'm still tied up with that idea, to be honest. I'm not 100% sure I'm done with that. Yeah, yeah. I think I might like to go back to that. But but just recognizing it when it comes, that's the thing. When you get the little thing that says, oh, what if you, Mm. what's most natural for us as human beings? And this is what I do in life, but I'm not doing it in my art, which is good. But in life, I will go, yeah, that's not possible because... A, B, C, D, E, F, put it away in a drawer and forget about it. That's not going to happen. And that's what we, that's what a lot of people do in their studios, I think. Yeah. I really feel like I want to paint uh, abstracted portraits that have a real feeling of, of grief about them, let's say, but. No one will like them. No one one will want to buy that. Yeah. Plus I'm not even that good at drawing, so I'm not going to be able to do that. Plus it's going to be really hard. And I'm going to, it's like, oh, no. no why gonna... do anything if it's going to be hard <laughs> and challenge you? Stay in the easy space. 
But what you said, no one will want that is a huge one. No one will want yeah. to look at grieving, sad faces on their wall. So what's the point? Nobody and, wants to look at fat, distorted figures a la Francis Bacon. Yeah. Nobody wants to look at, at ugly uh, people like uh, Jenny Savile's being a complete failure yeah. when she paints ugly people. So we th- we tell ourselves, no, 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 that's not possible. We put it away. And we shut down all the possibilities. I could have easily said to myself, "You well, I did. You must be kidding. Like, who do you think you are to be doing this? Like, that you're this little peon and he's one of the great artists of, of all time recognized by everyone. Why would you think you can do this? And But then I, I, and I did have those thoughts and I just said to myself, you're not competing with him and you're yeah. not trying to be on his level. Yeah, You're just trying to do your interpretation yeah. of your feelings, and you can do that better than anyone. Yeah, I think I think the other thing that's hugely helpful, or that I find hugely helpful in this, is this idea of longevity and recognizing those mini wins, which is a little bit like why we're talking about this today. To to make sure that you stop and you recognize the achievements that you have done, um, and this is part of the work that I've been doing this week a little bit is to take the time to recognize uh, the things that you have done that have got you to where you are now. And in a project like this, it can be a small thing. It can be a like, right, I have, at least I've finished one of these. I might have 12 or 10, or I don't know what this is going to be like, but this one feels good. This is further on than it was yesterday. Or Actually, even if it didn't go so well, at least I turned up in the studio today and did it. You know, am I actually committing to this? Because because the real thing that I see is when you commit to something over a long period of time and you don't give up, you keep working and following what's interesting to you. It almost can't help to get to a stage where there are going to be successful things at the end of it, where it's guaranteed to fail is when you stop and you give up because you let all of those things that get in the way stop you. And I think when we're we're on that track where it does feel sometimes like pushing things uphill in a big project, and you had that with this book. I remember you were like, oh, I'm editing the this and that. So much work. That part of it is not fun, but you're in it then. You've just got to keep going. And I think that's another important part is just recognizing that you need those little treat points along the way to go. Yeah. Okay. I've done that part. Next, next, next. Yes. And, and, and what occurs to me as well is it's something you asked at the beginning. I think I answered it slightly wrong because it's knowing that all those things you think, oh, no one will want that. I can't do that. All those things are fabrications in your own mind. You have no idea what the end result's going to be. So when I had the idea for the book, I had a vision of what would come all at once. But when I had the idea to initially start doing these paintings, so stepping back further, and when I told you I think I'm going to do this idea, I didn't have an idea of a book. I didn't have an idea of an exhibition. I didn't know how that would play out. And that... um, that's really important because at, at the point where I was doubting myself, all I could see is the negative possibilities. You make a fool of yourself, you'll look stupid, everyone will laugh at you, all that, you'll fail, you won't be able to do it. And I couldn't have imagined the positive things that have come out of it because they were not yet formed. They hadn't yet happened. So how could I see them? So when we listen, when we get those negatives about the idea, we have to say, we have to see them for what they are. These are imaginary. These are just imaginary things. They don't exist. Mm. And the things that might exist, we can't imagine yet. And they might be fantastic. And so we just have to trust that we don't know anything. Basically, you know, Trust has been a massive word for me. I think two words, trust and curiosity have been huge words for me yeah. in terms of, holding on to them but when they get you through because if you if you if you have trust in something you and this is about learning to trust yourself knowing that you can follow through on things in the long term 
because we all have days where we don't do it in the short term let's be real um but in the long term keep coming back to something keep coming back to something do it again trust in what the long-term thing is going to be trust that there is going to be an answer at the end that you can't see yet that that's the thing that really helps um but you've got something else here that i think is really important and this idea about so we've talked about it a little bit in terms of not knowing necessarily at the beginning what the outcome is going to be not being fixed on an outcome letting things evolve in a long-term project like this then so what do you do in the middle stages like what do you do as it's going on so this part about sharing as you go along talk to us a little bit about this yes thank you for reminding me about this I, I really wanted to make this point to everyone because I've I've talked about it before but this has brought it home to me in the in, in like a ton of bricks on my head that yeah. the reason these paintings have been successful and that I can sell prints and that the book's done so well is that people have felt involved some people have felt involved in this project from the beginning. That's partly this podcast. It's partly my membership group. It's partly my YouTube channel. I'm very much um, a blurty person. <laughs> like I'll blurt out whatever I'm doing and tell you all of it. It's not an intentional strategy. It just is what I do. Sometimes it gets me into trouble. Sometimes I wish I hadn't said things, but I do. I tell you oh, I think, I'm, I think it's going to be in this gallery and then it doesn't happen. You know, oh, I think we're going to do it at Ted Hughes' house and then that doesn't happen. Mm. I just tell you what's happening all the way through. And um, I think that that is a key part of it because I've had so many messages saying, I bought the book because I, I felt involved with your journey or I, I, love how, I love that I bought this painting because I saw it, you know, I saw them being developed and it made me realize this is not about writing a book. You don't have to write a book to do this. We talked about uh, social media over and over again. Your visibility challenge was right on topic for this. You just have to be showing up, but showing up and sharing, I think, all of it with people. Yeah. Um, the good and the struggles now my life coach says I'm better at showing the struggles than the good. So I'm practicing showing the good as well, but showing all of it and just, just bringing people in on an Instagram story every day or every few days and saying, I'm working on this painting at the moment and this is what I'm trying to do. Or um, I just like you did the other day, I just had a really bad day in the studio and this is what I did. I loved it when he said, I don't like donut ships. So why do I always paint them? <laughs> Because I have some shapes like that and I go, why do I always do that? Um, but that that process, the regular sharing, the vulnerability and the telling a story of and a story just means really sharing what you're up to um, is so key. The more people feel involved and engaged in what you're doing, the more they actually want to you to succeed and they want to help you succeed by in this case buying a book or buying a painting or just cheering you on from the sidelines but um we think certainly for me and many of us we think we shouldn't show off I shouldn't mm. I shouldn't put myself forward because people think I'm showing off we were brought up not to do that but actually lots of people in the world want to be inspired and to yeah. believe something's possible and they want to cheer you on just like they would cheer on a football team. They want you to do well and it makes them feel good when you do. And once you realize that, it's easier to, to celebrate in front of people or to share what's going on and not feel like you're being pushy. Yeah, I think there is something in here as well about you said, um, share the good times and the bad times. I almost feel like I don't make a distinction between those two things. Mm -hmm. It just is what it is along the way. And certainly the other day when I was having an annoying day, honestly, doing that Instagram story at lunchtime saying, I don't know what the hell is going on here, but basically this is not good. Last week was good. This is not good. 
I'm going to have lunch. I've run out of chocolate. That's annoying. <laughs> you know, it was it was funny, but actually what it did was it 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 broke or it cracked those thoughts that were coming up in my head. I've forgotten how to paint. I'm never going to be able to do a good painting again. What do I think I'm even doing here? I've got no direction for this work. I'm just going around in circles pointlessly. And it would have been very easy to go home at that point and give up. Yeah. And I think for me, sharing about those kind of things, albeit in a slightly funny, humorous way, that's part of me learning how I get over those humps. And then you can show up and you can continue. And I think that's a really important part of sharing yeah. Um, yeah, is, is not is not necessary. It, it's yes, it's lovely for the other people watching. Got a point about that in a minute. But it's also what it teaches you about the process. And I think that's why it can be really, really valuable for us. So here's the point about other people watching. You and I both now have fairly sizable audiences in different places so when we share something when we post something we get a response mm. which can be both encouraging and lovely and also a little bit distracting sometimes mm -hmm. thank you everybody who responds because it is lovely but when you're not at that stage yet when you feel like you're talking into the void and nobody's paying attention that can be a little bit dispiriting when, if you think back to how it was at the beginning, because it was like that for everybody. It was like that for me at the beginning. When I started on it, I had no idea what hashtag was. I didn't even know how to use the thing, what I was going to say, any of it. I used to get so excited. I remember saying to my husband, oh, my God, look, I've posted something and 17 people have liked it. Like, how yeah. cool is this? 17 yeah. people have liked something that I've posted. I don't even know who they are. Honestly, I was so thrilled at that point, you know, because it was just a fun way to share what you were doing. But any any tips for when you feel like you don't have an audience to share your story to? Do you know, it's interesting. I was just thinking of a member of my membership group. Hi, Maureen. She posted about a year ago. I just try so hard on Instagram. I post all this stuff. Nobody ever responds. You know, I'm just exactly what you said. Um, she recently had some paintings selected for an exhibition. And then she won the prize, the main prize at the exhibition. And so this is what we're saying about things paying off later over time. You might feel like you're talking into the void, but it's going to pay off over time. So you have to remember, first of all, that it because I remember the same thing. The only people liking things were people I knew in real life. You mm. know, the first time a stranger likes something is like, oh, who's that? Somebody I don't know likes something I posted. So you have to remember, first of all, it's a long game and you are talking to yourself at first. Um, I also think you have to really focus, and we've talked about this, on being engaging and interesting. Mm. So it's not enough, and this is what most people do, it's not enough mm -hmm. to put crap day in the studio and a picture. That's not yeah. enough. Nobody knows what you mean by that, and they're not going to pay attention to you. But if they see a really interesting post that you've written, or a funny post, or a, like your little story, an engaging post about why it was a crap day in the studio, they're going to remember it. And then they might hit follow and then they might start liking. And so it's gradual and you have to be interesting. You have to be, you have to be interesting. And that's sometimes that's hard work because we have to think about what we're going to post rather than just putting a picture. I hate those posts. It's so frustrating, especially if I like the art. If all it says is acrylic on mixed media, 30 by yeah. 30 in a picture. Doesn't okay. give you anything to go back to, does it? No, no. I no. like the picture, but I don't know anything about you or what you were doing or why you did. I want yeah. some interaction. So I think that's key. I don't know anyone. This is controversial statement because I say this about all kinds of art as well. But I don't know anyone who consistently shows up, does it well, who doesn't build a following. I don't know of anyone who I could say, wow, I just don't understand why they are not. I've talked about this before, but I remember this, this musician I've loved since 2005, Jason Isbell, American singer-songwriter. I used to say for years, why, 
why is he not so successful? He's brilliant and he works really hard. Why is he not more successful? This just proves that success is not fair. Well, now he's a multi-Grammy winning, massively successful country singer-songwriter. Because over time, if you're good and you work hard and you keep showing up, it doesn't go unnoticed. Yeah. And I think that's what we have as artists. Ultimately, if you're doing this, you start doing it because you want to. So just do it the best you can. And every day you can learn and build on it. Right. We're going to finish. You've got five lessons here. We're going to do five quick. I forgot what I've written. <laughs> right. Get my Bring your here. document up. Okay. Yes. I've got my okay. notes here. Five, five lessons for me. Five okay. quick lessons that you've learned, not discussion points, just five bullet points. Ready? Yeah. Go. Trust my flashes of inspiration. They are genuine. Number one. Number two, accept that I don't have them all the time. Don't push for them when they're not here. Just wait, keep working, be in the be in the phase where I don't know what's happening and keep going because something will come. And then when it comes, trust it. Number three, be confident in my own ideas, even if other people don't understand. Um, really, that's been a weakness all my life, and I'm going to be different from now on. Number four, find... Hang on, before we move on, mm. you, say, you say here, I have been really very easily swayed off course. I really get yeah. it now. And you said earlier, like some of these lessons have been like being chumped on the head with a chunk of bricks. <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it has to happen like that. Bloody learn yes. from it. Yeah, all right, on you go. Number four. <laughs> Number four, find more ways to share find more ways to bring people in and tell a story I have been a bit lax with that in my current work so I want to I realize now I need to be constantly on that yeah um and number five I really want to write more books I really want to do this again because it's the most powerful way to make the connection that I crave with people I for some reason people some people say um, my art speaks for itself. You know, I don't need to say anything about it. I like to say, I like to write about it well. I, I like both. So the book book format is perfect. And the only problem with it is the time frame. It takes a long time. Not just the writing, but the publishing end of it takes a long time. But I would like to do it again. So maybe with this next series, which I'm making for an exhibition, maybe I'd like to do a book about this too and just this might be the way I show my work from now on. We'll see. And that's it. That's my five lessons. Okay, so that was a biggie. And I hope that has left you feeling encouraged. But what about you then? What has inspired you this week? Well, it's wrapping up on the same topic. The perfect, perfect ending to the week Amazing. was that I got a package in the mail and I didn't look at it for a while. Package came. I was like, oh, I'm busy varnishing and sealing. I'll look at that later. And then I picked it up a few hours later and it had an address on the back and it was the name and address of Ted Hughes's widow. And honestly, to God, my first thought was, oh my God, she's so offended by the crapness of my book that she's put it back in an envelope and sent it back to me because <laughs> it was obviously a book shape. And I thought she hasn't even said anything. She's just stuck it in the envelope and mailed it back. So I was scared to open it. I opened it and it was a book, but it wasn't mine. It was um, a copy of my very favorite volume of his poetry. And it was his personal copy that she'd sent me. And it even has a note of his in the front that he'd written. to. And when I Googled to research why it's there, the printer on the first edition missed a verse of one of his poems. And so he's made a note to himself that on page 60, this poem is missing this verse that begins this way. And she wrote me a note and said, the, you know, lovely book. I, I find it very moving. And this is Ted's personal copy with a few words of his in it. Um, and it's for you. And it was just honestly, actual tears came into my eyes. I couldn't believe it. And I haven't found a way to write a thank you note yet because I don't know what to say. When you get a present that means so much to you that you don't know what to say in return, I really don't know what to say. But I just keep opening it and looking at it and thinking, oh, my God, this is. 
and it's so thoughtful because it's the one I said in the book is my favorite volume it's yeah. that's the one that she shows that in. she she's really read it and appreciated yeah, it too yeah that's so it was real magic super meaningful gift and I've never I don't know I've had a more inspiring thing happen to me so not sure I can compete with that <laughs> I think for this week that might top anything but next week I'll be back to what tv show I've been watching <laughs> Right, that wraps it up from us this week. Hope you have a very um, inspired and happy week in the studio. If you don't, your time will come back again. Keep going. (laughs) Enjoy what you're doing. Try and find that enjoyment in it. If you haven't yet um, ordered a copy of Louise's book and you would like to, the best place to go and have a look is through the publisher, which is birdeyebooks.com. And if you go to that website, you will see that at the moment it's on the front page of it. Have a very happy week. We will be back again next time. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. My trying to be upbeat face has now made. We're going to do that thing where we get where we get thrown out of our own classroom by the teacher for misbehaving. Right. When we went to, you can put this in outtakes. When we went to our wedding bands, you know, you have to go and listen to the bands being read. And one day Phil couldn't come. I think you have to go three times and sit there in church. Phil couldn't come, so I went with my friend Ruth and we sat in the back and we literally got the church giggles, like as adults, pathetic. And we couldn't stop giggling. And everyone was to the point where people were beginning to turn around and pull faces. (laughs) So it could be like that today. Right. It's a good way to be there. We're not going to diss it. I love when the dog comes in. (laughs) I just see the tail. (laughs) Well, if I close the door, she scratches. If I open the door, she comes in. Now I've got to close it because there's noise in the house. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, 